Hello, my name is Dr. Alison Brown and I'm a Messianic Believer and today we're going to uh, continue our teaching on the red heifer and the significance of the red heifer. So if you didn't get uh, last week's broadcast, I suggest that you seriously do get, get hold of it because um, this is part two, as it were, about the red heifer and you need to have a look at the first part really to be able to fully understand where we're at here and all the significance and everything of the red heifer. So some of you might think, well, what is the red heifer all about? Well, listen to broadcast one, get get, get hold of the, of the previous broadcast. So today we're going to start by asking the question, does the red heifer reveal when the rapture is going to take place? Okay. Um, now, there has, as I mentioned, I think in the previous broadcast, there has at the moment five red heifers have been born in Israel who are purebred, okay, and they are in at a ranch in northern Israel. The the um Kohenim, the priestly the priesthood um from a Jewish Orthodox tradition, they they won't divulge very much about it because they want to keep it uh, as quiet as possible in a way but they are very very excited at this moment about the fact that at the moment at this precise moment in time they have five red heifers who at the moment are kosher as in they are pure okay <clears throat> in other words they are able to be sacrificed and their ashes used mixed with spring water to purify the priests the kohenim now, without pur the purification of the red heifer, the third temple can't be rebuilt. The ark can't be put into place. The rest of the temple artifacts can't be put into place. We can't have a third temple. And we have to have a third temple. Why? Well, because it's written in the word of God that the Antichrist is going to uh, come and rule and reign from Jerusalem. Yes, and he's going to set up the image of the beast in the holiest of holies. Uh, and so the third temple has to be rebuilt for that all to take place during the seven-year tribulation period. So it's all very exciting. And so this actually reveals to us how close we are. Now, at the moment, these five red heifers, they're, they're kosher, they're pure, they can be sacrificed. They are too young at the moment to be sacrificed, okay? Because they have to be sacrificed between the years, the between two and five years, okay? They mustn't be older than five years, but they mustn't be younger than two years either. So they must be sacrificed at three years or at four years. Um, they were, But they would, if they stay pure, what do I mean by that? Well, if they don't develop any white hairs or black hairs, because if they have more than two black hairs on their body or more than two white hairs on their body, or they develop some kind of blemish, Yes, either in their hair, their fur, as it were, or their skin, or any kind of blemish, um, then they cannot be used for sacrifice. If, even so much as if a bird lands on their back, that renders them impure. So you can just, um, they can't have a coat on their back, unless it's to protect them for their health. That's the only exemption. Otherwise, um, they can't have a, a coat on there, and they certainly cannot have a yoke. They can't be doing any work whatsoever. They can't be used for any kind of work. So you can see with all these criteria how difficult it is to be able to have a red heifer that is pure enough 
to be sacrificed. Okay, so we have to watch this space. Um, but at the moment, the Kohanim are getting very, very excited about all of this um, because next year they will be ready. That's in the year, ooh, where are we next year? 2023. That's 5783 on the Hebrew calendar. So if they remain pure, they could be sacrificed next year, right? And that means that the Kohenim priesthood can be cleansed. Whoa. And then they can go ahead with rebuilding of the third temple. And, um, you know, it may well be that in return for peace, in return for, I mentioned this in the previous broadcast, in return for um, for the third temple to be rebuilt, yes, uh, Israel may be willing to accept a two-state solution. In fact, the current um, Prime Minister of Israel, um, Lapid, is, is okay about the two-state solution. Yes, but they might make it a criteria. Well, we'll give you the two-state solution um, if you let us rebuild the third temple on the Temple Mount. So that just re reveals to you that, yes, the red heifer is very important as regards the rapture of the church because if these prove to be okay, then we're getting very, very close to the rapture of the church because we have to go out. We have to go go to be with the Lord before the tribulation period begins, the seven-year tribulation period begins. Okay? Now, the temple does not have to be rebuilt before we go out. Okay? It can be rebuilt after we've gone. But the red heifer, the sacrifice of the red heifer, is very pertinent in that it shows us how close we now are to the rapture of the church. So I'm just going to give a little evangelistic note here. Okay. Um, I think I prophesied last week about um, 5783 2023. Okay. We're ending the deck. We're ending the last, the number at the end of both of the years, the Hebrew calendar and, the, and our, our calendar in the West ends in a three. And the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Gimel. Now, in its negative aspect, it talks about pride, man trying to work his own salvation for himself, i.e. through the ashes of the red heifer and spring waters mixed with spring waters. That's going to cleanse us of our sin, is it? Not now. You need the blood of Yeshua, the blood of Jesus. So, of course, that's man trying to cleanse himself, trying to purify himself through the ashes through the sacrifice of a red heifer. Um, but Jesus, the red heifer, was a type and shadow of Jesus himself, Yeshua himself, as a red heifer. It's on the cross. What color was Jesus? Was he white? Was he black? No, he was red, blood red. Yes, from all the wounds, the seven wounds that he suffered on his back, he was just, and bruises, and the way that they had beaten him and everything. He was, he was like a red heifer on the cross. Okay, so, you know, watch this space. We're getting so, so very close. So on an evangelistic note, you know, have the boldness now to witness to your friends and your family and the, the girl at the checkout. And whenever you go out and about and, you know, 
ask them, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to give you a word of knowledge or, or whatever and speak to them about Jesus because they're running out of time. Um, we're not because if we're saved, if we're born again, if we know that Lord Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, he's our true red heifer. Yes, he's completely cleansed us of all of our sin, past, present, and future. But if they don't know Jesus, then they're going to end up going through the tribulation. And I would not want to be here during the tribulation period because the Lord's blessed me with glimpses of the tribulation period. You know, I've just been sharing with um, Sister Iris here <clears throat> how the Lord took me up. Last Thursday, when I was at a cafe and I was praying in tongues, the Lord took me up and showed me, oh, how can I, I, I don't have time in this broadcast to go into it. But, you know, the Lord was showing me things in, in end times. And um, you don't want to be here. Don't miss the boat. And don't let your friends and your family and, and the checkout girl at the supermarket miss the boat. You know, we're going into the ark, our heavenly ark. Yes, <laughs> not Noah's Ark, but our heavenly Ark. Amen, that's our heavenly Goshen. And we won't um, be going through the tribulation period, but you don't want them to go through it either because it is not going to be good, I can tell you that for now. Okay, right, back to the red heifer. Okay, nine red heifers have already been sacrificed. Okay, so they were ritually sacrificed until the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Now, what do the Jews say about this? While the Jewish rabbi Maimonides, okay, he, was, he lived in around about the 17th century, and he's very highly revered in Jewish tradition, okay? Um, the Jewish rabbi Maimonides, in the Mishnah, okay, he rules that the 10th red heifer, now listen to this, the 10th red heifer will be sacrificed by the Messiah. Oh, will he? Why would Jesus sacrifice a red heifer? He is the sacrifice. <laughs> you know, he was the sacrifice. <laughs> There's no need for sacrifices anymore. Yes, because Jesus' blood, you know, there's no need after Jesus' sacrifice for any, any temple sacrifices to ever be conducted ever again. But so why, why do we have the tenth red heifer being sacrificed by the Messiah? Ugh. Anyway, I'm going to quote from Rabbi Maimonides here. He states that the red heifer will be sacrificed by King Mashiach. This is his words. King Mashiach. May he speedily be revealed. Amen. So may be, be the will of Hashem. Now, he goes on and gives a halacha, which is a teaching in the Hebrew, halacha, teaching. And he gives um, the teaching that every Jew must actively pray and yearn for the coming of the Messiah or Moshiach, okay? They must actively pray and yearn for the coming of, of Moshiach. So there's a Jewish tradition. We have a Jewish tradition that there's a close connection between the theme of the red heifer and the coming of Moshiach or the coming of the Messiah. But who's going to sacrifice the tenth red heifer? Not Jesus. Who do you think? The Antichrist. Yeah, the false Messiah. Yes, he's the one that's going to do it. Yes, that's what I think anyway. That's what, you know, the tenth red heifer. Unless, of course, they sac the Kohenim sacrificed one of the red heifers prior. I don't know. We'll watch this space, won't we? 
But why is it so important to the Jewish people for a purebred red heifer to be born without any blemish, not more than two white hairs or two black hairs or, or not to have done any work at all, as I mentioned? Well, the Jews considered their exile, remember they've been exiled from the land of Israel for thousands of years. Yes, they considered the exile, and they haven't been, and they haven't been able to do any of the temple sacrifices. They considered their exile as a defilement, as a defilement of, by a corpse, okay? So if you're a Jew and you touch a dead body, or even if you're in the room or the same house even, as a dead body, you are defiled. How could you be cleansed? Ashes the red heifer. Yes. Okay. Mix the spring water. Okay. So they consider the, their exile, and of course, from 70 AD, they were exiled to, you know, many, and spread the diaspora, the great diaspora amongst the nations of the world. Okay. Now they, the Lord's bringing them back, of course, um, because we're very close now to the end time. Okay. So. Only the only according to Jewish purification laws, only the, the ashes of the red heifer mixed with spring water can cleanse them. And that includes the priestly Kohanim. So at the moment in Israel, nobody's cleansed, as far as they're concerned. Not even the Kohanim. Because the Kohanim have been trained, okay, in all the temple sacrifices, they're all ready to go. They have all the temple artifacts and they even know where the Ark Covenant is. Okay. But I don't have time here to go into that. Okay, so the ashes of the red heifer alludes to redemption from exile. Mm. So I think I mentioned in the last broadcast about the fact that they actually did sacrifice a cow uh, to see if the ashes from a cow, this wasn't a red heifer, this was just an ordinary cow, to see whether, whether the ashes from this cow would be sufficient to cleanse the whole of Israel. And we're looking at about 7 million people, you know, mixed with spring water. Would it be enough? But then not every Jew in Israel will want to be, you know, will want to undergo this right anyway. Um, but anyway, that's what they did. So, so close now. Okay, the words in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Mm. You might remember that that one is a reference to, though our sins were as scarlet, they're now white as snow. That's actually talking about the red heifer. Did you know that? So our sins were as scarlet, as ruddy and red as the red heifer. Yes, they're now white as snow because when the red heifer is burnt to ashes, the ashes turn white. Yes. And so here we have a reference to the red heifer in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. So, as I said, the red heifer is symbolic of Yeshua who became blood red on the cross by the shedding of his blood and his blood was shed seven times. And in order for somebody to be cleansed by the ashes of the red heifer, it took, uh, took about seven days. You know, they had to go through one ritual after three days. And then by the seventh day, they, they would be considered clean or cleansed. And Yeshua shed his blood seven times. Okay. So, and now they're white as snow. Yes. And what does the Holy Spirit done, do? Holy Spirit, the breath of God comes and blows like a wind and blows all those ashes away. Yes, though our sins are scarlet, they're now white as snow. But when we're referring to the red heifer, ashes are very light, aren't they? And the slightest breeze will blow them all away. Well, that's what's happened to our sin. All blown away by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Okay. 
And, uh, and of course, the reference to the spring waters, because the ashes of the red heifer had to be mixed with spring waters, is, is um, you know, what Jesus is talking about in John 7, verse 38. Out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. Whoa. So, Israel will be cleansed, not by the ashes of the tenth red heifer, okay, possibly sacrificed by the Antichrist, but when the true red heifer, of course, Yeshua, Jesus, returns and steps on the Mount of Olives, oh, from where he ascended. Remember the Mount of Olives? He, he ascended from the Mount of Olives. Okay, and we have the Olivet Discourse, of course, uh, which is about the end times. Um, he ascended in his first coming from there. And that's where he's going to put his feet down at the end of the tribulation period, isn't it? We read about that in Zechariah chapter 14, verses 4 to 9. And I, hopefully we've got time to read this because it's really, really wonderful. Uh, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4. And his feet shall stand in that day. Mm, that's at the end of the tribulation period, okay? On the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, on the east side. Now, in Jewish tradition, salvation is from the east. And the red heifer was always taken out through the east gate of Jerusalem to be sacrificed um, at a point on the way to the Mount of Olives, where you could see the red heifer being sacrificed from the Holy of Holies. Whoa. Yes, because salvation is from the east. And the tribe of Jesus, Judah, uh, when they organized the tribes uh, to encamp, um, that's in Numbers chapter 2, verse 3. Um, Judah was always placed on the east. Yes, salvation is from the east. Jesus, Yeshua. Yes. Okay. Um, the sun rises from the east as well. And the Hebrew writing is from right to left. So if you're, if you're looking at the world, uh, north, south, and you're writing from right to left, you're actually writing in the Hebrew language from right to left, from the east to the west. Mm. Salvation is from the east. Okay. Salvation is of the Jews. Okie dokie. So, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof um, toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall be removed towards the north and half towards the south. Whoa. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azar. I don't have time to go into Azar there, but there's a significance there with that word. You know, there's nothing put in the Bible that's, that doesn't have any significance. Yes? Okay, anyway, we don't have time to go into Azar. Uh, another teaching. When we do Yom Kippur, we'll have a look at that. Yea, you shall flee like as you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with you. So if we're going to be coming with Jesus, that means we've already been up in heaven, doesn't it? Yes, we're going to come back from heaven. Yes, yes. so to those that say post-tribulation, sorry, but it just does not agree with scripture. Yes, we're going to go up before the tribulation. And we'll come back at the end of the tribulation period, the seven years tribulation period, okay? And Lord my God shall come and all the saints with you. And it shall come to pass in that day, whenever you see in that day, that's referring to the Lord's day, okay? In that day, that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day 
but shall be known only to the Lord. Okay. And Lord is in capital letters there, so that's actually spelling the name Yahweh. Yod ha Yahweh. Okay, in the Hebrew. Not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter it shall be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. So that's the commencement of the, of the millennial reign. In that day there shall be one Lord. Yes, the Lord your God, the Lord, he is one. Shema Yisrael, that's the Shema Yisrael. There shall be one Lord and his name one. Okay, for I and my father are one, says Yeshua. Okay, so they led the, led the red heifer, which is type and shadow of Jesus, out through the east gate, meaning salvation. Uh, salvation is from the east, the sunrise is from the east. When Balaam saw the tribes of Israel in the shape of a cross, Judah is in the east, Numbers 2, 3. Okay, the red heifer was led towards the Mount of Olives and sacrificed at a point whereby you can see through the east gate, which is currently closed. Nobody can go in or out through the east gate in Jerusalem because the only one who is going to go through that gate is Jesus when he comes back at the end of the tribulation period, okay? To rule and reign from Jerusalem. So, so uh, through that east gate, which if it was open, you would be able to see into the temple, into the holiest of holies once the temple's been rebuilt, of course. So plants, are, I think I've mentioned this in the previous broadcast, but plants at the moment are growing out of the crack, cracks in the stones on the um, around the East Gate, okay? And do you know what these plants are growing in the shape of? yod ha ha Yahweh. Because that's in fulfillment, again, about the Lord, you know, placing his name in Jerusalem. Not New York, not London, Jerusalem, okay? Right, so... In the Hebrew language, of course, Yahweh, yod ha ve ha So, um, right, we've done all that. Okay. Tradition has it in the Jewish Mishnah that King Solomon did not understand the um, red heifer, didn't understand about the red heifer, so that's in the in Jewish tradition that King Solomon, even though he's a very wise king, he did not understand, and I am going to lift up some Hebrew words here, um, for those who do get the video, um, did not understand para, which is hefa, the word for hefa in the Hebrew, para. Aduma, which is the word uh, for Adam, aduma, okay. And it also means red earth, okay. And tamima, pure. So para, aduma, tamima means pure red hefa, pure red hefa. And it's very, very interesting when we go into para, aduma, tamima. So aduma is uh, Adam, and Jesus, of course, is the second Adam. Um, and it also means red earth, because Adam was made from the earth, was he not? Okay. Uh, and tamima meaning pure. Now, if we have a look at the a quick look at the gematria, I, the Lord blessed me to see something very interesting here. Para has the gematria of 15. Okay, um, which incidentally is is the length of the life of a heifer or a cow. A cow or a heifer usually lives to around about 15 years. Okay, everything has significance. 
Okay, 50 for Aduma comes to the number 50. I can't, the there, but Aduma comes to the number 50, which of course stands for Jubilee. Yes, when all debts are cancelled, including your thin debt. Yes, every debt. Okay, and then finally, we have Tamima Pure um, is the number 18. Oh my gosh, that number has such significance in the Jewish gematria and numerology because the number 18 stands for high, which means life. And it's talking about eternal life, not just, you know, 70, 80 years or 120 or whatever. It's talking about eternal life, life, basically life from the dead. Okay, now when we add all of those up, okay, we get to 83. Ooh, that has a bit of significance, doesn't it? Five, seven, eight, three. Ah, <laughs> five, seven, eight, three. Is that the year that they come to sacrifice the red heifer? Right. Because para, aduma, tamima is pure red heifer. Okay. And it happens to be the 11th letter of the Hebrew alphabet because eight plus three equals 11. Okay. So the 11th letter of the Hebrew alphabet is calf. What does that mean? Ooh, calf. Well, calf speaks of a king. With his hand up to decree, to, to decree a thing. A king has the authority to suppress, okay? Yeshua is coming, you know, as the red heifer, so to speak. And he is going to destroy with his mouth, with the word from his mouth, the, sword, the word of God, the sword of the spirit. He's going to destroy all of the enemies of Israel and our enemies too, okay? And Satan's going to be thrown into the bottom, bottomless pit for a thousand years, etc. Okay, so, but he also has the power to lift up, yes? So could 5783 be the rapture year? Watch this space. We will find out, won't we, if we're still still here um, after the Feast of Rosh Hashanah because the, the feast that speaks about the rapture is Rosh Hashanah. That's the fifth festival that has to be fulfilled. So the first four have been fulfilled, but we have the fifth one to be fulfilled, and that speaks all about us going up in the rapture. So we'll watch this space. I personally do not think it's 5783 that the rapture is going to take place. But um, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't say anything against it possibly happening with 5784. But I'll give those those reasons on another broadcast anytime from 5784. But lift up your eyes. Your redemption draws nigh. Jesus as the red heifer is coming back soon. But, um, you know, we don't have to sacrifice cows, do we? No, we don't have to sacrifice goats or lambs or anything, you know, because Jesus is the sacrifice for all time, for eternity. Yes? So we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I think that's all we have time for today. So that's it from Dr. Alison Brown. Do tune in next week for more interesting um next week i'll share with you i promised to share with you my little visit to heaven last thursday um the lord does seem to be giving me more and more revelation and i sometimes wonder why he chose he picks me but there we go <laughs> you know um who am i um but there we go that's and i'll share with you um i can't share with with you all of what the lord um revealed to me last thursday but um, because some of it is personal to my own personal ministry, 
uh, but um, some of it is for the whole church to hear. Okay, but I'll, I'll prepare that for next week because I just have not had the time uh, this week so far. So shalom from me. Um, God bless and witness. Time is running out.